I say he's worthy of it. I say he's worthy. Worthy of the praise. Amen. I want to remind you that this is the Lord's house and we've come to glorify him. Uh, it is a place where, hallelujah, we are to praise him and worship in spirit and in truth. And he declares that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So if you're sitting in his presence, you ought to be free to praise him. Amen. Just lift your hands and begin to give the Lord praise. He is worthy. Amen. It should be a place also where you don't have to hold back. Don't have to be ashamed of making noise. Amen. Opening your mouth. He's been just that good. Amen. I say he's been just that good. Yeah. Just look at somebody and testify and tell them he's been good to me. Been good to me. Good to me. Amen. Thank the Lord for all of his manifold blessings. And most of all, I thank him for keeping me. Keeping me alive. Amen. Keeping me alive. May not have everything I want, but I have everything I need because of him who wouldn't serve a God like this ask somebody that question who wouldn't serve a God like this yes he's worthy amen praise the Lord everyone I give honor to him because he is the boss and to all of the preachers the men of God assistant pastor and deacons and missionaries and mothers and to our first lady, to the people of God, Amen. to our, to all of our visitors, we say praise the Lord to you, and we honor you today. Uh, we don't take your presence for granted. We know that you could have gone anywhere else to worship the Lord, but the Lord has you here this morning, and we have enough faith to know that you're here for a reason. Amen. There must be something the Lord wants to say to you today. Something to touch your heart, to change your life. God's word is a life changer. Anybody know what I'm talking about? God's word is a life changer. Second Kings chapter 5. Father, we're so grateful for yet another week you have kept us, Lord, kept us from danger, seen and unseen, and we ask yet again that you would feed our souls. Souls are hungry. And I pray, Lord, that you would touch someone's heart today, that they'll make a decision to give their life totally and completely to you. Pray that someone will go down in your name. Someone will be filled with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost. Someone's body will be healed somebody's life will be touched in such a way that they'll never turn back. Send your word, we ask, in the name of Jesus. Say it with me, in the name of Jesus. Amen. One verse, one verse out of 2 Kings chapter 5. It's the very first verse. That's all we'll read. One verse, 2 Kings chapter 5. Verse 1, you have it, say amen. Let's read this one verse together in concert. Now, Naaman, 
captain of the host of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master and honorable because by him the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. He was also a mighty man in valor, but he was a leper. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word, sanctified in our hearts, that we may grow thereby. Now Naaman, captain of the host of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master and honorable, because by him the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. He was also a mighty man in valor, but he was a leper. Want to use briefly as a subject today, if I could just get rid of this. Look at someone, look at them and say, if I could just get rid of this. Here may be. If I could just get rid of this. If I could just get rid of I wish there was a way that I could personally convince others that this God I serve is able to do anything. I wish just everybody just immediately convince them that our God can do anything. So many need convincing and I suppose that there are reasons for their unbelief and if you were given the opportunity to have a conversation with any of them I'm sure they would have a reason for why they just don't believe even some who have an indifference to my God's ability they seem to have an attitude about my God ain't nobody better than my God nobody can do you like my God. Yet there are things that I need to discuss with you before I even get into the text that cause unbelief, even, even among those who are supposed to believe. It creates a shadow of unbelief. First one is the most obvious, I would say, is ignorance. They just haven't heard the word. That applies even to people who have been church, been in church for years. They just haven't heard the word, and it's an oxymoron because they sit in church, they hear the word, yet they're still ignorant of the word. Paul said it like this, truly these times of ignorance God overlooked, but now commands all men everywhere to repent. Then he goes further to say, faith comes by hearing hearing the word of God, so then that hearing simply would allude to the fact that they're hearing it, but they're not paying attention to it. Like some folks, he's not talking to me, he's talking to her. But you've got to rake it in and apply it to yourself. The word won't work if you don't work the word. Yes, I felt that. The second issue that creates unbelief is the lack of conviction. Many who hear the word of God but are neither convicted or persuaded that they need to make a change. The first part of that change is to accept what God said, even if you don't like what he said. Even if you don't agree with what he said. 
just do what he says. <laughs> so many folks, you need God to do it for you, but you have an issue with what he's telling you. Telling you about yourself and you get an attitude, just do what he said. Look at somebody, help me preach and say, just do what he said. Yeah, here's what the Holy Ghost just dropped in my spirit. It is impossible for you to walk in righteousness and rebellion at the same time. Mm-hmm. With your sanctified self, it's, it's impossible. So I would say a lack of conviction and more simply, people who choose not to believe. You, you choose for some crazy reason not to believe. Paul had a message for you also and says, for what if some did not believe? Will their unbelief make the faithfulness of God without effect? He says, certainly not. No, God forbid. Letting God be true, every man a liar. He wants you to know even if you don't believe he's able, God is still able. If you're going to block anybody from receiving, you're blocking yourself. But there's a whole lot of us that believe he's able. And we are daily recipients of his power. Blesses us every day. Testify to somebody say, he blesses me every day. Next thing that I want to discuss very briefly with you that creates unbelief is the wisdom of this world. If you allow yourself to put the wisdom of this world above God's word, then quite naturally you begin to doubt God's word. And I'd be the first to admit that there are times where God's word is far-fetched. It's inconceivable. It it doesn't make sense in my flesh. Why would God tell me to do something like that when all I have to do is something like this? Because the world says if I do it like this, it'll come out better. But God's wisdom is greater than anything the world has to offer. And he tells me that if I acknowledge him in all of my ways, he will direct my path. Then... There's another issue that creates unbelief even in the life of the believer that's listening to the deceitfulness of sin. Allowing your flesh to order your ways. The writer of Hebrews says, beware, careful brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God, but exhort one another daily. He he says, not only should you watch out for your own failure, but you should encourage your brother and sister to hold on to the truth. And don't allow your flesh to pull you away from God's guidance. Lest any of you would be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Perhaps Paul was thinking about what happened in the garden. Where Eve allowed the enemy to deceive her simply by twisting a few words and what God's instructions were to them, just a few words. It only takes a few words. It only takes a few moments. If you listen to the deceitfulness of sin, you'll find yourself on the wrong street. Find yourself going in the wrong direction. Find yourself moving 
in the wrong vein and you'll even start questioning why God would want you to do the things he's asking you to do and that scripture is screaming in my spirit my ways are not your ways my thoughts are not your thoughts you have to do it God's way look at someone say I have to do it God's way Taking all of what I just said into consideration, then there will always be an issue with receiving what God has for me or what God wants to do through me and for me if I allow myself to move away from trusting and believing his word. I mean every word, all of his instruction, line upon line. Precept upon precept, I can't pick and choose what part of his word I want to listen to. I can't say, Lord, I'll do that, but I'm not going to do that. I have to do whatever he tells me I need to do. Do, and I hear the Spirit say in my heart, tell them, just do what I say. Do what I say without fail, even if others are looking at you like it's crazy even if it doesn't feel comfortable, even if it seems crazy to you, do whatever God tells you to do. Look at somebody and say, just do what he tells you to do. <laughs> I'm reminded of a story, and some of you may have already heard this. I, I, I struggled for a long time with, with losing my hair. And uh, while I was going to Bible college, a few of us got in the car and uh, preacher friend of mine from Florida, I won't give you his name, he said, Fields, there's a herbologist in, in town, in Columbia. So we went down Main Street and we stopped by the herbologist and he had all of these herbs and stuff uh, on his counter. And, and uh, I told him my problem. He said, all right, uh, Reverend Fields, all you have to do is cut a raw potato in half and get some parsley. Uh, and sprinkle some parsley on that potato and every night before you go to bed rub that raw potato on your head and your hair will grow and I did exactly what he said yeah I, I took the herbologist at his word line upon line precept upon precept yes that potato turned brown and I'm going to class with, hallelujah, parsley in my head. And after a while, by the end of the week, the whole room was smelling like a, a rotten potato. Uh, and needless to say, my hair never grew. Now, I told you that crazy story, although it's true, to show you how people are willing to listen to anyone else. They'll do whatever they're told to do, no matter how crazy it is. But you won't give God two minutes of obedience and do what he tells you to do. So look at somebody and say, don't be foolish. Do what God tells you to do. We have read one verse from a story that was inserted into the prophetic history of Israel. And understand, I say prophetic history because it was God's intention that his people would cease from making the same mistakes over and over again. He did not want them to continue being repeaters, repenters, but not repeaters. Tell somebody, be a repenter and not a repeater. 
One of their greatest issues was their lack of consistency as it pertains to faith in God. They would only have a periodic faith, a seasonal faith, but they were not willing to trust God no matter what. And because of this, it would always be inconclusive or uncertain. Hallelujah. They would have a blessing today, but live underneath the curse on tomorrow. And it was God's will and his purpose that they walk perpetually in the place of blessing. He had promised them, there's no good thing that I will withhold from you if you walk uprightly before me. Look at somebody, tell them all you have to do is live right. <laughs> yes, yeah, so in the midst of this, he begins to instruct. He begins to speak to them. And kingdom after kingdom, no doubt, would rise. And he speaks about the kingdoms and the kings. And in all of this, he wanted them to understand that this is a theocratic issue. Understanding that it doesn't matter who is sitting on the throne. God, meaning himself, am in control. Doesn't matter how much money the kingdom has, how many soldiers, I am in control. But the condition of the people, hallelujah, would be proven that many of them had more stock in flesh than they did in the move of God. This is why one of the Levites would write some trust in horses and others in chariots. They rather trust more in the arm of the world than in the arm of God. But another Levite would come along and say, no man can steady God's hand. When he moves, no one can push him back. They had an issue with trusting God. Yet in the midst of all that God was trying to do and instruct, God wants us to hear the story of a stranger by the name of Naaman. I say he's a stranger because he was not really affiliated with the household of faith. He, hallelujah, was the captain of the hosts of the king of Syria. By the time we get to the fifth chapter, God sort of deviates and puts this story right here. Hear the story of Naaman, who the Bible tells was the king of the host, rather, for the king of Syria. I need to tell you that the story was meant to demonstrate, number one, the providence of God, meaning his protective care is saving power. Even, yes, an Old Testament story, even his grace and his mercy and his judgment against sin. Because even Israel had come to a place where they felt like they could do whatever they wanted to do and still receive the things from God. They treated God as though God was to serve them, but it's the opposite. We are to serve God. You are not the boss of God. Even in your praying, you need to be careful of how you speak to God. You don't send God on any errands. You don't tell him what to do. You are to come to him, yes, as though he's already done it, but understand he is sovereign and he may not do it when you tell him you need it done. This is one reason why some sit angry and upset because he did not move when you told him to move. But God is not your puppet. You cannot press a button and tell God when to and how to because he is God. Look at somebody and tell them don't get it twisted. He is God. 
That's why the psalmist said it is he who has made us and not we ourselves. But Israel had the big head. Could you imagine they were living in sin? They were in bondage not only spiritually but literally. They were out of sorts. They were out of touch. And they had the audacity to act as though they had a monopoly on God. So here the Lord tells the story and says, I want to tell you about a man who was disconnected from the commonwealth of Israel. And I want to show you that my goodness is not just confined to the house of Israel. It's to those who believe who I am and know, hallelujah, and come to the understanding that I am God. Better be careful, greater refuge, if you take your God for granted he'll go outside and pull somebody in the house and they'll be doing your job they'll be praising your God because you won't praise him I'll go outside and get a prostitute and bring her in here and I'll let the prostitute show you how you should praise your God don't look at me like I'm crazy because some of you were outside and God went outside and brought you inside and if God could save you he can save anybody but for some reason after you came in the house you started acting uppity and acting like God owed you something God said if you keep on treating me like this I'll go outside and get somebody bigger and badder and nastier than you and I'll change their life sit them right next to you and let you hear them praise my name lean on somebody and say don't let somebody out praise you don't, don't sit there looking cute don't let anybody I'll praise you Paul said I want you to know I was the chief of sinners I, I was nastier than anybody in the house that's, that's why I act the way I act I don't care where you came from I consider myself to be worse than any of you that's why I love him the way that I love him because he looked beyond my faults and so my needs so I'm not gonna let you out praise me I'm, I'm not gonna sit here and let you be louder than me I, I know where he brought me from and I, I'm not gonna take God's goodness for granted I'm gonna praise him wherever I am oh, yeah. hey. so Right in the midst of what's supposed to be history, he, he tells a story about a man by the name of Naaman. And uh, hallelujah again, the captain of the host of the Syrian king. And understand, I keep saying it over and over because this story is not supposed to really be here. Hallelujah, he's disconnected from Israel just like we were aliens from the commonwealth of Israel without God we, we're not supposed to be here not, nobody's supposed to hear my testimony who am I hallelujah somebody say I'm not even supposed to be here 
and uh, the Bible says he he was a great man and uh, he was in a great place not only was he rich but uh, he had been a service to his country uh, hallelujah a great man with his master he was honorable he was trustworthy and because of him according to the scripture because of his bravery his nation had been given deliverance unto Syria. Syria was a mighty nation and because of this man they were where they were politically and in the midst of this no doubt he was a household name. Everybody knew about Naaman, his greatness his strength but understand who you are in the world is nothing compared to what God can do for you in his kingdom. He was a great man I say again he was a great man but before the verse closes out it says although he was a mighty man in valor it says but there was an issue he had he was a leper look at somebody and help me preach and say but he was a leper I don't care how prosperous you become, how how mighty you are, there's always something hallelujah, that will eventually tell a story about you that you don't want nobody to know. Understand? Because it talks about leprosy and today they call it Hansen's disease. But hallelujah, if I would dig deeper into this, it is an infection. It is an infection. It is a long term infection so it means initially it will affect you and no one can see it you look like everybody else you walk like everybody else you are functioning like everyone else you see no symptoms and it's the kind of disease that will lay dormant from 5 to 20 years no symptoms no pain but all of a sudden it will smack you in the head that's what sin does and many believe even today leprosy represents a sinful condition and and that's what sin does it, uh, you'll feel good for a while but then uh, sin will smack you in the head so although he was mighty he was a man of valor everybody knew him he knew how to fight on the battlefield he had an issue and no doubt he shrugged it off hallelujah he felt alright he looked alright but one day he gets up and he doesn't feel the way he used to feel. And that's what it does. And uh, hallelujah, it will even deceive your nervous system. And uh, you won't be able to feel pain. And uh, to some they might feel invincible. But uh, to him he notices that uh, I can't feel pain. And uh, there's something wrong. And uh, hallelujah, his nervous system was array. And uh, no doubt now he's having difficulty with his breathing and his, his eyesight is bad and certainly by now his appearance is telling a story hallelujah that he did 
not want anyone to know he had an issue now that he needed to get rid of and he didn't know how to get rid of it how do I deal with this now who can help me with this situation hallelujah there was a slave girl living in his house verse 2 pushes us further and says there was a young little maid that waited on Naaman's wife she was a child of God hallelujah God will strategically place people in your life to lead you in the right direction he has a maid who had been captured and one of his exploits waiting on Naaman's wife and she's watching Naaman suffer hallelujah watching him hallelujah even watching him go through the struggle that he's having and she remembers that there's a preacher by the name of Elisha hallelujah he is a man of God he speaks to Jehovah daily and if you're going to have a miracle you need to know my God if you're going to be blessed you need to know the God that I serve I don't know what you've been doing on this time but my God is able tap somebody and say but my God is able and she, she has a conversation with Naaman's wife and, and said I, I know a cure for what's happening in Naaman's life if he would just go speak to Elisha his leprosy would leave she, she didn't blink an eye she didn't stutter she knew her God was able and you gotta come to a place where you know he's able I, I'm not stuttering I'm not wavering I, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that he's able shake somebody's hand if you know what I'm talking about and say I know he's able I, I've been fully persuaded and that's the kind of people I want to be around the the kind of people I I want to walk with and talk with people that are going to stimulate my faith I'm tired of being around people that are more negative than I am when I need a word I need someone that won't blink when they're talking and don't want to use the wrong words of verbiage but uh, they'll speak straight to me and uh, and tell me that my God can do it uh, hallelujah I need to hear somebody every now and then just pull me to the side uh, and say God can help you with that uh, hallelujah no sense going crazy no sense banging your head up against the wall uh, I'm going to tell it to you straight my God uh, can do anything and if you gonna shout, shout off of that. Never mind the organ, shout off of that. He will do it. Now, now go on and dance off of that. He will heal it. You, you waiting for the organ to play. But baby, I can dance without the music. All, all I need is for somebody tell to tell me. Heal That's all I need. That's all I need to get me started. That's all. That's all I need to get me speaking in tongues. For somebody who really believes to lay their hand on my shoulder and say, God will do it. 
Hallelujah. Your hand on your brother's shoulder and tell him, I don't know what you're going through, but I got a word. I don't look like much, but I got a word. I may not be an apostle, but I got a word. I don't sit on the right side of the church, but I, I got a word. I don't have a uniform on, but I got a word. I'm nothing but a maid. I work for Mary Maids, but I got a word. My God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask try him he'll, he'll fix it try him he'll turn it around try my God I feel a shout in the camp I five three people in the temple and say try my God hallelujah a maid a nobody a captured slave Hallelujah, somebody who made the beds and cooked the dinner. An insignificant individual. She had a word. Hallelujah, she pulls the wife to the side and says, Jehovah can fix that. My God is El Shaddai. My God is Jehovah Rafa. Jehovah Makidish, my God. Hallelujah can pick anybody up and uh, turn them. My God can bring walls down. My God can raise the dead. My God can open up seas and uh, pull rivers down. My God, hallelujah, can give me streams in the desert. My God can give you joy in the midst of sorrow. My God, shake somebody's hand and tell them, let me tell you about my God. He's a friend to the friendless. My, my God is a mother to the motherless. My God can help you in the midnight hour. My God, go over to somebody else and say, let me tell you about my God. My God can hold you in the midnight hour. My God. I go over to somebody else if they ain't listening and say, let me tell you about my God. My God will give you streams of joy in the midst of your discouragement. My God, he'll give you a song at midnight when you feel like you're going to die. He'll send a song into your spirit telling you to hold on. My God will teach you how to sing to yourself when there's nobody around. He'll tell you to lay hands on yourself and sing the storm is passing over my God. Let me tell you, go over to one more person and tell them, let me tell you about my God. Nobody can do you like my God. Nobody can love you like my God. 
Nobody can touch you like my God. That's why I love him the way that I love him. That's why I believe that he is able. Look over at one more person and tell him I know he's able. And when Naaman's wife heard this, she ran and told Naaman, there's a preacher in Samaria. He worships Jehovah. Maybe you've been going to the wrong church and praying to the wrong God. But there's a preacher in Samaria that talks to Jehovah all the time. Hallelujah. The maid just told me that he can heal your disease. Thank you, Father. Now I have an issue with this part of the story. Because what Naaman does, I understand, he does it out of duty to his country. So before he goes to the preacher, he goes to the king. Hallelujah. And he speaks to the king as though the king would be responsible for his deliverance. Baby, when you need help, the first thing you got to understand is who to go to. He was told to seek the man of God. But he goes to the king first. And the king got an attitude with him. And he says something that is powerful and enlightening. He says, am I God? I'm a king, but do I look like God? Am I responsible for your deliverance? I am not God. And he takes it as someone politically attacking him. If they hear that the king was not able to deliver his servant, they will no longer have allegiance to me. So he dismisses Naaman. And now Naaman is finally on the right track. And here is another issue because when it comes to the preacher, he would not come in his house as if to say, I'm too good to come into your living room. So he stands at the door. Hallelujah. And Elisha sends his servant and says, I want you to dip now seven times in the Jordan River. Hallelujah. And if you do this, the skin will come back on your body and you will be delivered from your leprosy. It sounds simple enough. And my friends, it is indicative of the gospel. It is simple. There's nothing complicated about the gospel or the word. You either believe and obey or you reject and rebel. There is no purgatory. There is no shadiness. There is no gray area. You either believe and obey. Look at somebody say, you either believe and obey or reject him and rebel. Hallelujah. And 
hear his name in. The Bible says he's enraged now. As if to say, do you know who I am? I am the captain of the king's host. Haven't you heard my name? All of my money exploits. And there are other places you could have sent me to. A painter in Fulfer. There are rivers and Damascus that are cleaner than that old nasty Jordan. And you want me to go there in that nasty water. Hallelujah. He refuses. He gets an attitude like some of y'all. When God tells you what to do, but I, I don't like what he said. I don't want to go over there. I don't want to repent. I don't want to move from there. And that's why you don't have what you need from God. And there are things you can't get rid of because you have not concurred with the instructions of your God. Help me preach in here. I find people and tell them, just do it. And that's not just doing it. You got to change your attitude. You can't heal yourself. If you were able to heal yourself, you would have already been healed. You cannot deliver yourself. If you were able to deliver yourself, you would have already been delivered. And I'm so glad that you can't do it for yourself. Because if you were able to do it for yourself, you might just do it for yourself. And if I needed deliverance, if you didn't like me, you would refuse to deliver me. But lay your hands on your neighbor and tell him I don't mean any harm. But I'm so glad that what happens in my life is not up to you. You, you might change your mind, but if God said he will do it, he, he will do it. He can heal me. He will deliver me. Thank you, Father. Look over at somebody. Scream down your row. And tell him I'm getting ready to get rid of some stuff. Today, today. I'm getting ready to get loose. Of some things. Today. I want every demon to hear me. I'm getting ready to take a dip in the promise of my God. And when I come forth, I'm going to be better than I was when I got here. Put your arms around somebody and say, neighbor, if you watch me long enough, you're going to watch me get free in here. You're going to see some chains come off of me. You're going to see deliverance in my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you for that. 
the servants came and said, my father, if the prophet told you to do some great thing, you would have done it. Hallelujah. But how much now? When he said, all you got to do is go wash and be clean lay a hand on somebody and say neighbor I got a word I don't care how long you've been in church I don't care long how long you've held credentials as a matter of fact I don't care who you are or who you think you are there's a change in the atmosphere all you gotta do is wash and be cleaned thank you father name and lay down his pride forgot about who he was forgot about his credentials and went down to the Jordan that nasty slimy water took his sandals off the water was nasty it was smelly but God told him to go there and when he got there himself hallelujah seven times oh God and the more he dipped the better he felt and the Bible says well he was dipping his flesh can't look like the flesh of a baby he started looking better and he was clean look over at somebody and said neighbor I want you to know that when I leave here I'm gonna look better than I looked when I came in I came in with a struggle I came here with an issue I came here with a burden I came here in pain and I've been struggling with doing it God's way and I had the word in here that God's way is the best way I need a miracle in my life I need a miracle for my family I need a miracle for my children I need a breakthrough in my life so I'll do what he wants me to do so I can get rid of this touch your neighbor that's your neighbor tell him how long you've been saved tell him how long you've been going to church tell him how long you've been speaking in tongues but I got something in my life I need to get rid of yeah. I'm going to get rid of this today walk over to somebody in the temple with your sanctified self leave your pride in the chair leave who you think you are in 
the chair. I will walk over to somebody and tell them I'm getting rid of this today. Yeah. 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 I believe God. I believe God. Will do what he said. Trust and obey. There's no other way. Say yeah. Say yeah. Say yeah. Come on. Take a dip with me. Sit down in your chair. And while you're sitting down, tap yourself. And tell yourself it's gonna be alright. Now get up and praise him. Yeah. Yeah. Sit down again and tell yourself I didn't come this far to die. I'm gonna live. Now get up and praise him. I feel the move of God. Yeah. Sit down again and tell yourself I need a miracle. And if there's anything in me, Lord, that should not be, take it away. Get up and praise Him. Thank you, Father. Hey, hey, hey. I feel the move. Sit down again and look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I'm not worrying no more. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Get up and praise him. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Sit down again. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, this might seem silly to you, but I'm going to dip till I get my miracle. I know it's up and down, but that's my life, full of ups and downs, but no weapon formed against me. Now get up and praise him. Thank you, Father. Yeah. 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 If I can get rid of this, sit down again. Lay your hand on yourself and tell yourself there will be glory after this. I'll get up and praise him. Yeah. I feel a move of God in the temple. Thank you, Holy Ghost. You got one more dip. Touch your neighbor. I said, neighbor. We got one more time to dip. But I already feel my healing. I already feel God moving. Take another dip. Sit down. And look at your neighbor. 
who has begun a good work in you, you shall perform it until the very end. When you get up this time, I want you to praise God like you lost your mind. Get up. get rid of this everything everything else seems to be going fine but he was a leper if I can get rid of this singing in the choir but she's a leper preaching but he's a leper if I I can just get rid of this oh y'all both see he and that level Naaman was blessed and he was an unbeliever when God got through with him he speaks to the prophet and says surely there's no other God but the God of Israel <laughs> Lift your hands in the temple. There's nothing too difficult. Lift your hands and spend a few moments talking to your God. Spend some personal time. Talk to him about your struggle and Lord, I thought it was hidden. But now it's showing up. I need to get rid of this. Father, I've given them your word. And I pray that you take the seed that has been planted and bring forth harvest. In the name of Jesus. Take those hands and put them together now. desire prayer you have not given your life to Jesus
you have not been baptized into that wonderful name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, you don't know him in the pardon of your sin. You have not been filled with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost. Come. The altar is ready. Something you need to get rid of. Something that's contaminating your life. Come. Come. Our God is greater. <laughs> Our God.